Greetings, Retreat Church. Grab your Bibles once again and turn to Acts chapter 11, where we're going to be diving into the Word of God today. And um, I think this passage is very, very, very important, as is all biblical passages, but in particular this one and how it links up to what we're experiencing today. You know, there's a lot of ambiguity taking place in our world today. Just it's, it's everywhere. Subjectivity, people looking at everything just from their own perspective and, and then kind of wanting to shape everybody else's opinion from their own perspective. And that's, that's causing a lot of tension today, isn't it? And then um, we've got emotional struggles that people are having, a lot of pain, a lot of anxiety, worry, frustration. Um, and a lot of those things are, are really causing an avalanche in our, in our own life. And I think people are feeling a little bit like suffocated, almost. Like we have all these ways to communicate today. We have um, all the different social media platforms. Um, just last night, we had a blast talking with my grandson, doing a little FaceTime with him. And uh, he was running around the house with the phone and it bouncing all over, running in his room, running out of his room. Then he would ignore us for a second and, you know, look at Mickey Mouse because Mickey Mouse is way more exciting than G-Mon, G-Paw. And um, we have all these different ways to communicate and we use them and we enjoy them. But I think somehow people are still feeling like they're not heard. And in our culture today, when you look around and you, you have a segment of society or society as a whole or individuals or maybe family members and they're just not feeling heard and they're not really getting their point across but they're just the volume of words is immense and um, I don't know about you but I've I've just become so overwhelmed by the volume of words and the volume of opinions that it's just it's just it's overwhelming to where um, honestly I, I want to just get with the Lord and, and just silence everything. But then God, when we do that, because Jesus modeled that for us, when, when we do that, we get alone with the Lord. The Lord seems to always speak to our hearts and give us, give us something to share with, with other people. God is constantly doing that. So um, God is even involved in, this, in this, this conversation that's taking place um, in the world. And God is constantly communicating and God is constantly... Um, through His Spirit speaking to His people. And um, that, that adds to it, doesn't it? And um, we want to really make sure that within all of the volume of the noise and the things coming at us and the ambiguity and the subjectivity and the emotional tension, that we have to kind of push those things aside. We, we really have to hear from the Holy Spirit. We really have to be led and guided by Him. And in fact, the book of Acts can very easily be entitled the Acts of the Holy Spirit, as, as many know it as the Acts of the Apostle, but maybe more um, accurate as the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And in our text today, what I want to draw out from it, among many things that, that maybe we could today, we want to um, understand the broad scope of what God is doing in this section of the book of Acts and how He's changing the world by bringing down the barriers between the Jew and the Gentile. He's fulfilling His um, promise to Abraham all the way back from Genesis to raise up a people that would bless all nations. And now that, that massive wall between Jew and Gentile is being smashed, is being demolished. And in the middle of that smashing, you have these, these, these people that are trying to figure it out. 
these people that have a lot of religious tradition, these people that have a lot of knowledge of the Scriptures, these people that um, have been used by God and, and, and intimately connected with God. And you have these people that, that are learning how God is destroying this wall and on how God is, is bringing people together that throughout their history have not been together. And when you look at this taking place in our, in our, in our Scriptures, you, you look to our world and you, you see that that's part of the cry that is going out today. Um, part of the tension is that there are many, many walls up. Um, religious walls, racial walls, political walls, and the Holy Spirit is wanting to destroy those. And He's wanting to bring people into unity and into Himself. And um, the church is supposed to be the model of that. The church is supposed to be the representative of that and, and the, the actuator of that. But um, it's, we hear some scary things, you know, out of the church today. We, we, in many ways, we're not doing that. In many ways, Christians are adding to the divide. In many ways, Christians are building the wall even higher. And um, it becomes very difficult. And in fact, I'm not sure quite how, how this plays in, but with all that's taking place in our world today and the COVID issue and how that has um, stopped many people from coming to church and some churches can't meet and others have chosen to and some like ours meet outside and provide stuff online. And there's all different kind of expressions of, of how the church is gathering today. But one of the studies recently that came out of the Barna Group is that one in five churches in America will be closed by the time this pandemic is over. And I thought a lot about that. And I thought that one of the reasons why that is is, is because, because, because people that call themselves Christians often quit. They just get, they give up. They, they, they quit sharing the gospel. They quit practicing the Christian faith. They quit gathering together with believers, they quit. They just, just they're, they're, they quit. And, and we see that in our culture today. When someone gets mad, they just quit. They, they, they walk out. They move away. They, 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 they just quit. And um, I think people get so frustrated because they can't seem to get their point across. And so I want to talk to you about that today. I want to talk to you about making your point in a matter in, in, that, that matters, right? In a manner that matters. I want you to, to think, how can I, as a Christian person, as a believer in Jesus, as a follower of Jesus, as one that has been um, asked in the Bible or told in the Bible by Jesus to, um, to be a witness of, of His resurrection and to be a proclaimer of the gospel and a promoter of peace and, and, a, and a dispensary of love and a reflection of God's image. Those are the things that we're supposed to be doing. Um, but I think a lot of Christians are getting so frustrated because they can't seem to get their point across that they're just quitting. And so I, I want to look at this passage of Scripture in a way that helps us understand um, how do we get our point across. The first thing that comes, comes to our mind is that we need to be aware of our own propensity and the propensity in others of their ability to miss the point. So if you're communicating with me, you have to understand that that. I'm, I'm probably going to miss the point at the beginning. I'm probably going to need you to help me in, in some ways. I'm going to need you to clarify some things. I'm going to have to have some facts from you and some information from you. I'm going to need more than just 
your opinion. I'm going to need more than just your emotional outbursts. I'm going to be more than just you throwing a fit. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to need you to, to explain to me maybe even the meaning of some words because in our culture today, we're not always sure how you're using a specific word. So just know that if you're communicating with me, I'm, I'm probably going to miss your point, and I'm going to go ahead and assume that I have to go the extra mile with you in order to make sure that you are getting, excuse me, that you are getting my point. So if we together say, all right, I'm going to work extra hard to make sure that I recognize my own propensity to miss the point, and I'm going to understand that my the person I'm trying to communicate to they too are probably going to have this struggle of missing my point as well. Notice how this takes place in Acts chapter 11 when somebody, group of people, actually totally miss the point. It says here, Acts chapter 11, starting in verse 1, we read this. We read, Now the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles had received the word of God. Isn't that amazing news? (laughs) So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him, saying, you went to the uncircumcised men and ate with them. Now notice, what's the point? The point is, you you probably got it right off the bat. The point is in verse 1, that the apostles and the brothers that were in Jerusalem, the Jewish believers, heard that the Gentile believers received the word of God. They, God spoke to them. God revealed himself to him. And we saw that story take place in Acts chapter 10. If you weren't with us, you'd go back and read that account of Cornelius and his whole household. So Peter then, he goes up and he, and he, and he shares with them that indeed the Gentiles have received the word of God. But then there's this, this group of folks that miss that. <laughs> they miss everything that God is doing. They miss the fact that God is removing barriers. They miss the fact that God is fulfilling his promise to Abraham. They miss the point that people that were alienated from God are now being brought into God. And they get very upset with Peter. This group, it's called the circumcision party. They're the ones that believe that unless the males were circumcised, they have no part with God. In other words, unless you became Jewish, you can never become Christian. Isn't that crazy? Can you ever imagine a group of people saying, unless you become an American, you can't become a Christian? Some of you may be able to do that. Some of you may be able to envision a church that says, unless you do what we do, you can't follow Jesus. Unless you talk like we talk, you can't follow Jesus. Unless you look like we look, then you can't follow Jesus. You've seen that's totally, totally missing the entire point of what God has been doing up until this time and what God had specifically done in that moment. And I'm afraid that so many Christians today are so wrapped up in in the minutia of what we're dealing with today, so wrapped up in the divide, and that they're just missing the opportunity, and they're missing what God is doing in the world. I met with a few pastors this week and Thursday and had lunch with them, and I said, I know that God is building His church. I know that Jesus said that He, he was going to do that in the gates of hell. We're not going to overcome that, and, and I know that God is 
doing it. I just simply am asking myself a question. Have I joined him in that? Or have I kind of wanting to do my own thing, and if I miss this, so my prayer throughout this whole season has been, God, don't let me miss. Don't let me misunderstand because I'm prone to. I'm prone to misunderstand you, God. I'm prone to, to not see what you're doing. In fact, I'm prone to, to miss out on, on what other people have got going on in their lives, and I tend to get on my own track and what I want to accomplish, and so I need, I need God's help because I can be just like these people and perhaps you, you can be like them too. So, so what does Peter then do? What does, what, what does Peter do? Peter does this. He gives an ordered explanation. This is so beautiful. And so the advice that I have for you today is that give, or even if you're listening to someone, request an ordered explanation. Ask somebody, what exactly do you mean by that? Or what exactly do you know about a situation? Are you basing your opinion um, on hearsay? Are you basing your opinion on what the populace wants you to, you, you to, to know? Are you basing your opinion based upon um, network news and network media? Are you basing your opinion on your friend's opinion on, 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 on Facebook? Or like, how are you basing your opinion and what story are you telling? So if you come out and you come out strong against something or for something, and I came to you and I said, can you give me a list of reasons why you feel that way? Can you give me some evidence on why you think that your perspective is, is accurate and, and connected to reality? <laughs> because it, it gets so tiring to hear so many people's opinions when they don't know any of the facts zero facts, but they have a lot of opinions. Is it, doesn't that seem to be a bit backwards to you? And so what Peter does is amazing. Look what he does, starting in verse 4, and we'll just read a little portion of this, because you can read the rest of the section in verses 4 through 15 on your own. It says, but Peter began, that's wonderful, so he, he, he went to the start, okay, and explained it to them, catch this, in order. Amazing. One simple verse. He went and he began and he explained in order. See, Peter giving this in order explanation, we learn that he did this, that he related every particular in a very methodical and orderly manner. That he did not insist on his own authority as an apostle. That, and much less did he pretend to have the primacy of the rest of them. He didn't make himself out to be better than any of the people that he was explaining himself to. But he submitted, notice this, he submitted to have his case heard. In other words, Peter wasn't running around saying, I don't have to explain myself to you. I am so-and-so. Don't you know who I am? I'm Peter. I've spent time with Jesus when he got me, James, and John, and he had us all. I've been in some places with Jesus that nobody else has. How dare you question me? Peter didn't say that. Peter didn't put himself above the people that questioned him or accused him. Peter didn't have an emotional outburst. 
Peter didn't just quit and walk away. Peter didn't say, I don't need to answer to you. You're nobody. Peter had none of that, ex- none of that attitude going on. But Peter, he gave an orderly explanation. Are you doing that today? If you feel a certain way about a political aspect of our country, if you want to support a specific candidate or not support a specific candidate, can you give an ordered explanation of the facts as to why you believe what you believe? If you believe something about the COVID virus and how our leaders are handling that or how the church is handling that, can you start at the beginning and can you lay out an ordered explanation of why you have taken the stance that you've taken? I hope that you can. But at the same time, are you being rude? Are you taking an authoritative position as if you don't have to answer to anybody? As if you're above people to ask you questions? Have you made yourself out to be better than people that believe differently than you? Are you saying, who are you to question me? I'm an American. I'm this. I'm that. I'm whatever. No, I hope not. So Peter then lays it all out and he repeats and Luke writes a repetition in verses 5 through 14 is the same thing that we read almost word for word in chapter 10. He lays it out and you can compare chapter 11 and chapter 10. You can see if Peter was telling the same story. And then the, the third thing that we notice in this text is almost an oversimplified thing. And of course, if you're a child of God, uh, why are you saying this today, Pastor? We, we know this. We got this down. Well, <laughs> lastly, after you, under, after you look and say, you know what, I have an ability. I'm probably going to misunderstand. He's probably going to misunderstand. She's probably going to misunderstand. So we both have the propensity to misunderstand and miss the whole point. And then we both need to give and receive an, an orderly account of, of the details, of the facts. And then we need to lastly do what Peter did. He remembered the word of the Lord. Look at verse 16 through 18. Peter said, as, he, as he's giving his explanation, and I remembered the word of the Lord, how he, as being Jesus, said that John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift to them, the Gentiles, as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus, who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent. And they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. In the end, they were both able to see, both sides were able to see, look at what God is doing, that God has granted people life. That was their point. Because God had given them the Holy Spirit. Well, if God gave them the Holy Spirit, well, I guess then that our issue with circumstance, circumcision really doesn't matter. That our own traditions and the things that we were held up on and, and our own perspectives and the way that we thought things were and the way that we had been behaving. Well, when you understand what God has done, you start to erase your own personal hang-ups. Your own personal perspectives start to 
wash away. And so in conclusion then, I want to bring to you a a wonderful prayer by St. Francis of Assisi. He asked God to help him do this. This was his prayer. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. He got this idea from two Proverbs, and then we'll quit. Proverbs 18.13 says this, He who answers before listening, that is his folly and his shame. Proverbs 18.2, A fool finds no pleasure in understanding but delights in airing his own opinions. (laughs) So, ladies and gentlemen, we have a propensity to miss the point. We need an orderly, detailed explanation for many of the things that are taking place in our world. And we need to understand what Jesus has already said. And we need to embrace these Proverbs that tell us that we are behaving extremely foolishly if we are just spouting out our own opinions and we are not listening to those around us. May God bless you today. You are powerful. You're a world changer. You're the one that the Holy Spirit wants to use. You're the one that God wants to speak through. But if you and I do not realize that we are prone to miss the point. We don't give accurate, detailed explanations. We don't remember the Word of God. We act like fools. If all those things are there, what we could be for Jesus will fail. May we not fail. May we step up to this moment. May we commit to being the church of Jesus Christ. May we commit to being the beautiful, wonderful people that God has intended us to be. God bless you. See you next time.